house of the Lord. Um, all week long, I've um, felt like that uh, God had something that he wanted to say this morning, and and I'm honored that he wanted to use me to try to say it. Um, and so this morning, I told him at worship practice this morning, I said, uh, I'm going to ask a question to start out with, and I said, depending on how y'all answer, it depends on how long we're going to be here today. And uh, so I hope you get it right this morning, all right, or you may have to hold off on lunch for a little while. But does everybody in here believe in God's Word? We might get out a little early then, all right. Save me some explaining. Um, if you have your Bibles, flip over to Luke chapter 15. And we're going to read a lot of this, you know, as, as long as the Lord's allowed me to minister His Word, I have never preached this scripture. Very familiar, very simple to the point, um, but boy, it sure is a whole lot of good things within it. And um, I want to try to just preach something simple to you this morning, and, and kind of a thought that's been on my mind is all week is something real thought about just something real. You know, and, and how in our life we, we find things that's real, we find things that's not so real. But there was several years ago that I met a man that was as real as anything I've ever met, and his name was Jesus. I'd like to ask you to stand this morning as we read the first two verses and then we're going to skip down to about verse 11 and read from there to the end of the chapter. I'm not going to make you stand, but we'll read these first two verses and then we'll have a seat. And it says, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for, the, for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Let me say that again. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners. Publicans were tax collectors, folks that dealt with money in that day, okay? And then it said, and, and I like the next part, and sinners. That includes me. And it said, for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners. And eateth with them. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that he did. Let's bow our heads and pray this morning. Father, we're thankful, Lord, for an opportunity to stand behind this sacred desk this morning. And God, I ask more than anything, Lord, that you'd, Lord, hide me behind the cross today, Lord, that you'd be able to speak freely through me. God, if it be anything inside of me, Lord, that's unclean, God, unholy, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you'd remove that at this very moment. God, forgive me of anything that may be wrong. God, clear my mind, Lord. I pray, Lord, even so, God, clear the hearts inside this room today. God, that we may be able to receive your word this morning. God, that it won't go, a return void. You said it would not, but God, let our hearts hearts, uh, God, be softened today. Uh, God, that we'll receive your word, and God, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit of you. Lord, we're thankful today for your goodness and your mercy. Thankful, Lord, that you're still able to save God. Still thankful, Lord, that you're able to uh, change a sinner like me. God, I pray today, Lord, that there be somebody here, Lord, that don't know you, Lord, and the free pardon of sin. God, change their life today. Lord, save them, Lord, unto uh, the other most, Lord, and we'll give you the praise and honor for it's in Jesus. Jesus Christ's name and everybody say it. 
Amen and amen. Amen. I had a little bit of allergies this week and last week, so y'all just bear with me. Uh, but I'm thankful for the Lord. But that scripture, I love what it says. Just two verses in the beginning of this chapter that really reaches out and grabs my attention. When it said that the publicans and the sinners drew to hear him, the, the folks that collected the money, the taxes, and then it goes on to the sinner. You know, the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us in this room, the Bible says, has sinned and come short of the glory of God. I'm glad that God the Father saw fit that sinners like you and I would need a way of escape. And the Bible talks about how he sent Jesus, amen. And I'm glad that we had a way of escape. Jesus goes on, and I want to start in the verse uh, number 11. We're going to come back and catch 4 through, um, I believe it's 4 through 7. But I want to start in verse number 11, very familiar scripture. But it's talking about the prodigal son. And I tell you, we can all relate in some form or fashion to this story. Two things that I thought of today, or this, this week, as I was uh, reading this about the prodigal son, I thought it speaks of two different kind of people. It speaks of one that's lost and undone and don't know Jesus. And then it speaks of one that I believe probably knew of him, but had lost his way. Got a little sidetracked at the end of it, okay? This is a famine that it's talking about. Let's read in verse 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with righteous living. And when he had spent all riotous, let me back up, that's not righteous, riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his, into his fields to feed swine. And he would, and he would feign Excuse me, and he would fain have filled his belly with a husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread, enough and to spare, and I perish to hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. A place of surrender, amen. A place of surrender. But the father said to his servants, boy, this is good, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. 
For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. I want to talk to you just a minute about that part of this scripture and how I am reminded of when I was a lost person. When I knew nothing of the Lord Jesus, I had heard in my life as I went through life and raised in church and, and I knew about the Lord. My parents taught me about it. My grandparents, I had friends, family, loved ones that talked to me about the Lord Jesus. But the truth was is that I really didn't know that something that was real. I never had experienced the true anointing and the presence of an almighty God until that moment when he came to me. Conviction set in on my life, and boy, my old heart is just a little bitty fella. I told the story a thousand times. I remember standing there on that, on that church stage in the middle of that Easter play, and beside my mama, my daddy, I just watched him go to the pits of hell. That demons carried him off. And I remember something on the inside of me changed. Something immediately realized that I was going to a devil's hell. Something on the inside of me said, you need to be saved. I then began to weep a little bit, and I looked at Mama, and I, you know the story. I told her, I said, Mama, I need to pray. And soon later, I prayed and accepted the Lord Jesus. You see, as all of us this morning have had a moment such as that, but you may not have accepted it. See, I think of this uh, son that, had took all the things that his father gave him. I don't know about you, but the Lord has gave us all kind of things. We're blessed. We are very blessed. Yeah, we talked about this morning about going through storms in our life. Boy, I've been through some. I ain't just a young man, but I've been through some. I'm sure some of you elders in this room could tell of a lot of stories. I know of some of the older generation of the great-grandparents going through the Depression in those times. Boy, I bet they could really tell us some stories, amen, of how they were in much need. But I'm thankful this morning that in our need that something real shows up. And it's in the form of a man named Jesus. His spirit comes in and begins to deal with our life. I'm thankful this morning. That, amen, in, in, in the midst of my weakness, in the midst of my uh, uh, troubles, in the decisions when I uh, falter, when I stumble, uh, when I do things I shouldn't do, I'm glad that he's uh, good enough to me and loves me enough that he comes. And he don't just say, well, it'll be all right. He shows me my problems. He tells me of my sin. And he shows me that I've done wrong. He convicts my heart. He makes me new again when I surrender through prayer. He refreshes my heart. He's real in my life. There's a fella that wrote something down one time in the title of a song called He's Real. You probably know it. But I like how that song goes. It's just a song. How's it start, Daddy? I never seen the face of the Lord. I never touched his nail-scarred hands. Remember Thomas? Doubting Thomas? I never touched his nail-scarred hands. But there's one thing I'm for sure of. I felt his power time and time again. I 
And it goes on and says, I know people think I'm crazy. I know people think I'm crazy. It's hard to say it when I'm not singing it. Amen. For putting my trust in this man. But if they could feel what I feel, I know that they could understand that he is real. You know, through those times in our life, through the times that I can testify to the moments in my life where, where God's really showed up. And I, there, just one that I speak to sometimes, and I remember when this family right here dared our hearts. I mean, I remember when Miss Trinity, and we, I believe last Sunday as she came off the medicine, we testified, we praised God for, was it seizure medicines? Seizure medicines, little trend, seven-year-old now. My memory's coming back to me. A baby at a young age has so many troubles. And that's a hard thing. Going through that, and I remember there's so many people down there at that emergency room hospital just praying, asking God just to move. You know, sometimes God does. Sometimes he does, but it's not the way we want it to be. I remember this one. Baby Gracie, when she was took at just a young age. Some of you others in this room maybe have experienced something similar. But I want to tell you this morning, he has an ultimate plan. And his ways are far higher than ours. And regardless of what we think sometimes, we need to entrust in him continuously, okay? He holds it all in the palm of his hand. He has power over all things. He has the very power to give you the breath that you're breathing this very hour. God's with you in the midst of your storms. I'm thankful that he's real. I'm thankful that I know of something that's real, something that's honest, something that's true, something where love that passeth all understanding. Amen. When you when your marriage gets tough and you and you go through a little bit of an argument, the next thing you know, you let the devil come in and you and you allow all the things that he's trying to tell you to come out of you and you and you basically start saying things out of your mouth that you shouldn't say and then next thing you know you you one of you saying well I think I'll just go stay with my mama or I'll go stay with my I'm gonna go somewhere else I don't even want to see you no more listen we need to start tapping into the that that's real this morning and that's true and lovely that loves us this morning and that's Jesus Christ now don't get me wrong the enemy is just as real as the Lord Jesus you see, the Bible talks about we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It ain't one another that we wrestle against, but it's the rulers of darkness, the principalities of this world. I've said before, if we could pull back the spiritual curtain in this place, it would see all the things going on and how God's fighting for us over and over, and his angels are encamped about us. Amen. When our kids go to school and we pray to hedge about them, and we're asking God, please watch over my babies. When they go on the long trip, and we're saying, God, I'm not with them this time, but Lord, please take care of them. And God's angels encamp about that car all the way down. I'm telling you, you can believe it or you don't have to, but I'm telling you, I believe that God's with us always. He's always with us. I'm thankful in the midst of the times, though, that when we fall short and we stumble, that he shows us our problem. 
He reminds us of who we are, what we've done. And then he opens his arms and he loves us. Going on down in this last part of this chapter. In verse 25, another type of man, his own brother. It says, now his elder son was in the field. Verse 25. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he he heard musing and dancing. Music. We'll say music. I don't know what musing is. Amen. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto, the, unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. You know all of heaven rejoices over one soul. <laughs> Think about that. All of heaven rejoice when one soul is changed. Praise the Lord. And he said unto them, verse 27, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry, and would not go in. Therefore came his father out, and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgress I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. Listen to this last verse. It was me that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead said our brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. I don't know about you, but that's worth shouting over. Talking about being dead. You know, there's old saying talks about if you ever want to live, you're going to have to die first. It's talking spiritually, amen. If you want to know what true living is, if you want to be uh, live for Jesus and understand his goodness and all these things, all of his blessings and promises. You're f- going to first have to die to sin, die to yourself. The Bible says, deny thyself over in Matthew 16. Deny thyself. Pick up the cross, amen, and start carrying the cross. That's good. I need to flip over and say that, read that. Matthew 16. Let's see that right there just for a minute. Matthew 16. Matthew 16 looks like down in about, how about 24? Verse 24 of Matthew 16, it says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow after me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. What's that saying today? If you think you can do it with your own two hands, if you think you can walk your own salvation out with your own two feet, if you think you can write down a great plan and do it yourself, you'll surely fail. God said if you try to find yourself and do it yourself, you're going to lose it. 
You'll lose your life. But I like what he says the very next sentence. And whosoever will lose his life, talking about a while ago you must die to live, if you'll lose your life for my sake, shall find it. You shall find it. How many wants to understand their purpose in this life? I do. I want to know what my purpose is. You see, because when I get lined up with what God wants me to do, then my wife is lined up, then my children are lined up, and then my grandchildren are lined up, my daughter-in-law, my son-in-law, and my son-in-law, and then my great-grandchildren, they have an opportunity. But yet if I don't do the things God wants for me, I can bring cursings on my life and our family. And then it's very difficult for them to switch that. Find your purpose. God's calling every individual in this room today. You may not be born again. You may not understand what salvation is. I want to tell you, if your heart's beating out of your chest this morning, you feel something on the inside of you, listen, I invite you to come today. The greatest decision that I ever made was to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And for me to stand up here and talk about all those stories, those, those fights with your spouse, those whatever it may be, I've been there. You know who I had to lean on? It was Jesus. Ryan couldn't go back and come up with the right words to get myself out of a mess. But he can. Because he's able to soften my heart, help me realize my shortcomings. He's able to soften her heart, or your husband's heart, or your wife's heart, and help us be humble in what God wants us to be. It's his anointing that breaks the yoke, not yours, not your righteousness. It's his anointing. Get where God wants you to be this morning, and it just begins with the to understand how real he truly is. What you're experiencing right now in your life is not all that he has. Did you hear that? What you're experiencing in your life with the Lord Jesus ain't all that he has. You feel like, well, maybe I've come to a good place in my life. But the truth of the matter is God has more. He's a God of more than enough this morning. It doesn't matter what you've seen or faced in your life. I tell you this morning, I want to flip back and I want to reach back to the verse number three. Verse number three. We're reading verse three through verse. And it says, after the first two verses where it talks about the, the sinners and publicans coming to him. It said in verse 3, and he spake this parable unto them. What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not have, or doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness? Think about that. In this day and time, folks. Those men that tended to those sheep, that was what they had. That was a lot to them. 
Maybe you'd like to say it was all they had. Their, their cattle, their sheep, their, their farm, whatever, their way of living, if you will. But what man of you having a hundred sheep, thinking about all that you have this morning? It says, if you, he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it. And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing. Think about it. I believe Jesus does us the same way. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. You know, this morning he may be looking for you. You may have been, for the last several weeks, days, months, years, you may have been taking a side road, trying to stay away. You know, I, I got a story that kind of come to my mind earlier this week, and I shared it at work. Um, but I thought, Lord, if it be your will, I'd like to share that. Talking about this prodigal son and how how he how he went away and and he got in a mess and he was lost and then he came back home. I was I was a young boy and we were at church over in Hodge Baptist Church in Dutton, Alabama and, and I know it may sound crazy but we, we loaded up a bus load and we took a bunch of youth and kids and son we went to watch the WWF wrestling match. Okay, I, anybody like or ever seen watch wrestling? All right, man, I didn't. What about the old wrestling back in the day? Yeah, there you go. It's watered down now. It's it's all fake now. It was real then, but it's fake now. Okay. Uh, used to be able to tell you every name to every one of them. Just a boy, but it was a lot of fun. But we we went and we. We uh, watched that at the Von Braun Civic Center over in Huntsville. And I believe that's what that's called. But we went over there, and boy, we had a good time. And I'm trying to make this short. We we got in there and was watching. The last match was Hulk Hogan body slammed this guy, and a big typhoon. And next thing you know, son, he's just doing the ear, you know, just to like that. And he's just getting fired up. And everybody, yeah. And then all of a sudden, something changed. I turned and I looked, and I didn't see anybody that I was with. I stood up in my chair, and I looked again, and fear come over me. Just a little guy, probably about seven, eight years old. And I looked again, and I was probably the scaredest I'd ever been in my life. I didn't see anybody. Well, there's a good group of us, large group. You know, I asked Daddy this week, I said, Daddy, how did you feel? What was you thinking? He said, I panicked. I didn't, I didn't know what, he said, I just started running around looking, me and your mom both. But I remember as a kid, I, I panicked. And I, I, was, I was, you want to say lost, I was lost. And I, and I thought, well, what do I need to do? How do I go about this? And I just Instead of going and finding somebody that worked at the place, I thought I would seek them out and find them. So my little self, here I go, and I'm going through, and 
I'd go to the entrance where we come into the arena. Kind of stood there for a few minutes. And then I thought, well, I remember we came down this hallway outside where the concessions are. So I walked up the hallway looking around, people everywhere, and didn't see them. So I thought, well, I better walk back. And I did about two or three times and just in fear, hoping that I'd find my father. Just a little bitty guy. And I thought, you know what, I believe if I, if I take off and I go outside and I get out there to the road, I, remember, I, I can remember how to, maybe, maybe, maybe they've already went out there. Never in my mind did I think that he was already looking for me. Think about that. Never in my little mind did I realize that my father was seeking after me, was looking for me during this time. I thought to myself, I was just all alone. I thought I was all alone, just wandering lost. Here I was. I get out to an intersection. There I stood. And I had to cro cross the road with the cars. I thought, surely I'll find them right here. Never found them. So I had an idea. I thought, well, I remember where the car's at. I would just go in a Chevy Astro van, blue with gold trim down the side. I got up close and personal to it, and I'll tell you in just a minute. But I remember going, and I took that long sidewalk. We parked a good distance away, about second uh, level of a parking garage. I went out there, and I remember walking that sidewalk. It's just grass, parks, looked like all around us. And I walked down through there. And I remember getting up, and I seen the stairway. And I said, well, I'm just going to go to the car. Maybe somebody went to the car looking for me. Or maybe there's somebody in the car. I don't know. But you got to remember, I'm a little bitty guy. I'm in amongst a whole lot of people, and I have no idea where my parents are. So I go up to the car or to the van. I'm standing there. I get on the other side of it. Two uh, rough-looking fellas are standing. It's a stairway. When I come through, it scared me to death. You know, at that time, they were smoking cigarettes, and that was a big deal to a little fella like me. You know, I thought they're rough. They're smoking cigarettes. And so they may have been as good a people as you ever met. I don't know. But I remember going over that van, and I got on the other side so they couldn't see me. And then I began, I thought, well, I don't want to stand here. What if they come over here and try to get me? What if they try? And that's the way we are in our life. Think about it. We, we run lost, and we, and we forget about the Lord. We just say, well, I think I can handle this. I think I can figure this out myself. But the truth is we can't. We need to lean on him. And, and those people remind me in the spiritual realm of, of the enemy, how they're le uh, just, just lurking around, just watching you, trying to figure out that your next move, and they're going to reach out and just grab you. The only enemy, the devil, that's the way he is. The Bible said he's a roaring lion uh, seeking whom he may devour. And the thing is that he wants to destroy you just like Jesus wants to save you. So I got underneath the van. I thought I would be okay under there. I thought I'd stay right here because somebody's going to come and find me. And so I began to think about that and I thought, about 10 minutes or so goes by and I thought, nobody's coming. Nobody's looking for me. I probably need to get out of here and, and go back toward the arena. Those men finally left, and I crawled out from underneath. And I went to that stairway. I went down the stairway. And walked out of the parking garage out to a sidewalk. And I was just, look, you could see all kind of stuff. There's people everywhere. And I was walking, and I was so scared. And the next thing, I heard a voice. 
and it was yelling, Ryan, Ryan. Do I think about that in our spiritual life? I wonder if we could really hear what God and Jesus and what they're saying to us and how long they've been yelling to us. How long they've been hollering at us, just trying, just begging for us to hear them. The Bible says that my sheep know my voice. <laughs> and when I heard that voice, Brother Rayburn, I turned and I looked. And I seen my father running as fast as he could go down that bottom of that parking garage. Brother Jared, I immediately lost all fear. And the comfort began to come back over my life. And as I stood and I watched him over there, I said, I've got to get to him because he didn't see me. But I saw him. And seeing our life and your life with Jesus Christ, here's something very important you need to understand. He's looking for you. He's calling out your name. But he ain't going to come do it for you if you don't say, Lord, here I am. Lord, here I am. He can't save you. He can't change you. He can't heal you. If you don't ask, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. When I heard his voice, I took and I ran back to that stairway. But I couldn't get far before I said, Daddy. And he seen me, and he came, and he ran, and he met me, and he just wrapped me in his arms. And I don't know what he was feeling during the time before. But I know what I felt. <laughs> I know what I felt. Let me tell you this morning, church, it's not a lot different in spiritual life. You may be lost this morning and undone without God. He may have been coming after you your whole life, and you've done it your way. You've done it your way. You can't figure out why things at work ain't going right. You can't figure out why your kids are misbehaving. You can't figure out a lot of different things. Listen to me. Until you fully surrender. And as this prodigal son, you turn and realize you're a sinner and you go back home. Go to the foot of the cross where your life is changed. I can't do it for you this morning. But let me tell you, I know one that can Jesus Christ has the ability. The Bible says that there is nothing impossible with him. Nothing impossible with him. So this morning, as I think about that, whether you're the first one, maybe you're lost and undone and you've never met him. Or maybe you've been born again and you've experienced the goodness of the Lord, but yet you've been discouraged because of something else that took place. Or maybe maybe you just are selfish. Maybe you're, well, my brother's getting all the blessings or my brother Ryan gets to stand on stage and sing all the time. I don't never get to sing. Or brother Jeff preaches all the time. Or uh, Miss Sheila gets us a little extra money because she cleans the church. Or, or whatever that you, we, you, God ain't a jealous God. But the enemy will put things in our mind and he'll make you get discouraged and he'll try to put a wall in between you and somebody else. That ain't of the Lord. I'm reminded of a place called Jericho where walls fell. 
Amen. Because they obeyed God. If you'd stand to your feet this morning. I don't know where you stand this morning with the Lord. But I want to tell you that God is in the house. His Spirit's in this house. And I want to invite you to come this morning and pray. Every one of us, if we're honest with ourselves today, there's things that we need to pray about. The Bible talks to us about being uh, praying fervently, uh, never not having a prayer on our breath. Brother Raven, we need to constantly be praying and talking with God, seeing His direction that He wants us to go. Amen? So this morning, these girls are going to get a song prepared, but I'd like for you to bow your heads. And I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask that, that you come, whatever it is. And, 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 and you folks here at the church, if you would, I'd like for you to pray with them. Amen. Let's help each other, love one another, help each other through our battles. Amen. Help each other fight our battles. Hold each other up and do it together. Father, we want to thank you this morning, God, for everything that you've done in our lives. God, we want to thank you for your spirit, that it's real in this house, it's real in our hearts, God. And we just ask this morning, God, that whatever need are in this building, God, you know every one of them. God, you know everything about us, every thought, God, every word that's proceeded out of our mouth. And God, you know exactly where our heart stands today. Lord, I ask you this morning, God, that you would purify them. God, that you'd purge them. God, you'd cleanse them. Lord, that you'd make them new again. God, you'd get rid of the sin. And God, as a prodigal son, Lord, we would realize we're a sinner. And Lord, we'd come to you. God, if we had come to you, we had to make that step. God, you're still able to save this morning. You're still able to uh, redeem. You're still able to make whole, God. And we ask you today, Lord, if it would be your will, God, that you'd change somebody this morning. Help us today, God, as we uh, go through this invitation. Lord, we love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.